We continue with the Friday edition of the Kenny and JT Show. I'm at Lowell Kleinfelder Field getting ready for tonight's Central Jackson High School football game. JT's back in the beautiful palatial studios at News Talk 1480 WHBC. And I believe our next guest is uh, in Berea. Uh, as he is covering, as he always does on a daily basis, your Cleveland Browns and the big news of the day, Deshaun Watson and Joel Batonio are both out for Sunday's game against the 49ers. So let's bring in Scott Petrak from brownzone.com. And, Scotty, let's start with uh, Deshaun Watson first and foremost. All week we were wondering, we were wondering. They finally announce it today. P.J. Walker gets the start. Just your thoughts on uh, another big game that Watson will not play in. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot there, Kenny, right? I think it starts with the fact that we thought he was going to play against the Ravens, and that was two weeks ago. So he had the bye in between um, two whole weeks to recover three from when he got injured against the Titans, and he's still not able to play. Not good for the team. I don't think it's good for him. Um, you know, it's a big stretch of the schedule. So these two games are important to the Browns. Um, you know, I'm sure he wishes he was playing. I'm sure – the team wishes he was playing because that gives them obviously a much better chance to win. Scotty, was there ever a chance that the Browns might have looked back at Kellen Mond? I know he got picked up off of a practice squad and is now a member of the Indianapolis Colts, but was there ever a chance that the Browns may have taken a look at bringing him back rather than going after P.J. Walker? Well, I mean, when they signed Walker, they made the decision to cut Mond and not bring him back, so they chose Walker over Mond back in August. Okay. Scotty, what do you know about P.J. Walker? I, I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know he started seven games in the NFL. So what, what can you tell us about the five foot 215-pound Temple out? Yeah, I think it's fair to start with the size. Obviously undersized, which is probably why he's, you know, a backup in this league, and he's still on the practice squad right now. Um, he'll be elevated before the game. But I'll tell you what, Kenny, I went back and I watched two of his starts with the Panther, Panthers last year. I went back and watched him last night. And there's a lot to like about him. He's got a big arm. Like, the ball comes out of his hand on a rope. He can throw it far. I don't know if you guys remember. They lost the, cra- the Panthers lost a crazy game to the Falcons last year in overtime. And he threw in the air. It was 68 yards. He moved to, rolled out to his left, threw 68 yards in the, like, last 10 seconds. And D.J. Moore somehow got behind the defense, caught the touchdown to tie the game. Moore took off his helmet, got a celebration penalty. They missed the extra point and wound up losing in overtime. Oh. But my point is, he, the throw was, like, not effortless, but he threw a rope, 68 yards. You see it time and again. He's got some athleticism. You know, he can run um, if you need to. So I think they can run kind of the same system. I don't think that has to change at all. Um, you know, he's pretty smart with the ball. I know if you look at his career, he's got 11 interceptions. But last year in those two games I watched, the two starts, I didn't see him being reckless with the ball. Um, you know, they ran the ball a bunch. He managed the game. They, he beat Tom Brady in the Bucks last year. So I think it's, I, I think he'll handle things well. Like, I think operation will go well. I think he's got a chance to make a couple plays. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was actually impressed when I went and watched the games. Scotty, the thing that concerns me about him is if they get behind, right? Because the 49ers, they're the second-ranked rushing defense. You don't have Nick Chubb. I saw Ford was on the injury list as well. Hunt's only been there for uh, one game. And if you get behind with that pass rush of the 49ers, they can pin their ears back. Uh, How concerning is that 
uh, as you cover this team and, and see that with uh, a guy that's making his first ever start for the Browns? Yeah, well, that's certainly certainly concern, and I think when the Browns coaches are putting that putting this game plan together and how the blueprint to pull off an upset, it starts with keeping the game close. You need your defense to play at an incredibly high level to contain slash shut down what's just a magnificent, high-powered 49ers offense. And I think you need to control the clock. I don't think you – I mean, obviously, you don't want to put a ton on P.J. Walker's shoulder, right? And he was a third quarterback, you know, a week ago. Um, I think you want to run. You know, that's – if you go back and watch those Panthers games, they ran it a bunch, um, didn't ask him to do too much, ran, you know, through some bubble screens. And I mean, he could throw the ball over the middle. I said he could throw the ball deep. Um, but you don't want to ask your backup quarterback to do too much. So I think the Browns will, you know, I don't know if they'll throw early to set up the run. You know, Kevin Spence has been known to do that. But I do think there will be an emphasis on the run game, establishing something on the ground, which they weren't able to do in their last two games against the Titans and the Ravens. And I think that was a priority over the bye week. I don't care who the quarterback is for the Browns. It seems as though Stefanski's offenses are never built to come from behind. And, Scotty, when you look at the 49ers, and, I mean, I, I can't believe I'm about to ask this question, but are there any weaknesses on that defense that they might be able to exploit? Um, I, I think if there is, it's in the secondary. I think the corners, you know, I don't think they're as good as the Browns corners. They don't, they're not asked to do a bunch, right, because they, they only rush four most of the time, so they drop seven, which helps cover guys the linebackers are so good that they take care of the middle of the field um but if you can protect pj walker and give him some time i think there's a chance that you know an amari cooper can win one-on-one on the outside and i think you know i think the browns are going to need that to stay in the game to have a chance of pulling off the upset is to make a big player to downfield and you know that explosive those explosive plays have been missing on the offense and, you know, not that Watson can't throw the ball deep, but he can't because he can. But I think you might be able to catch the Niners maybe off guard and say, okay, Walker can take a shot or two. And if he hits one, it's a huge play in the game and can help change things. How do they do that with Joel Batonio out, yeah. Conklin out, and two questionable, uh, you know, tackles at left tackle and right tackle against that four-man pressure that uh, yeah. creates, uh, you know, all kind of havoc in the backfield? Yeah, that's a great question, Kenny. And, uh, you know, I think when the people criticize the fancy play calling, that has to be taken into account, right? The fact that there aren't as many explosive plays is probably because you're keeping in running backs and tight ends to help block, and it limits what you can do as a play caller, limits what you can do as a quarterback. But my answer to that would be there's two choices. You either, you either have to go max protect, right, and have a one-man route and hope that guy wins, right, and hope you scheme it up. Um, or you trust those you trust that front five, your offensive lineman, for that play and go, okay, your five guys have got to block their four guys, and we have to win on this play. And if you don't, then it's up to Walker to get the ball out of his hands or whatever, right? Or you live with the sack. Um, but I think sometimes you got to try to max protecting the others. you got to trust and hope. Boy, that's a lot of trust. That's a lot yeah, of hope, man, <laughs> against this undefeated team that destroyed the Cowboys, uh, you know, uh, on a short uh, well, I should say uh, in a late game. So the short week in the travel, I know all time the Browns are 7-2 and two at home uh, against the 49ers, Scotty. 2-1 and one, uh, after the bye with, with Kevin Stefanski. Does any of that matter or no? Um, it's a 
a good question. I don't, I don't think the matchup with the 49ers matters, right? They only play them once every four years. Mm-hmm. Everything changes. Um, I, I do think the buy coming off the buy is interesting. And I say that because last year, coming off the buy, they might have played their worst game against Miami, right? They had a big win right. on, I think it was Halloween, to beat the Bengals. And then they go into the bye week. And people do, you know, I think guys are feeling good about themselves coming off that Bengals win. And then they have the week off, they go to Miami, and they just get destroyed. Mm-hmm. So I want to see how these guys respond because it's not easy. You lose your starting quarterback. We all know everything that's gone on with that. Thought he was going to play. Now we don't know when he's going to play. You know, that's, I think that can take a psychological toll. You're losing one of your other mainstays in Petonia. You already lost Nick Trump, right? Like, you can kind of feel this stuff building up. I think it's going to be important for Kevin Stefanski to see how these guys react. And if they come out and play well, I think it's a really good sign. If they don't and, you know, they just get blown out from the get-go and the defense doesn't show up, mm-hmm. which I expect it to, but I'm just saying if it goes really sideways really quickly, um, I think there's going to be some serious questions getting asked. Totally agree with that. Scotty, when these pictures came out on social media earlier in the week, the David cool. and Joku thing was just, I mean, you didn't know whether, I mean, we knew it was real because there was the star next to it or the check mark, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> but this is amazing. And I don't know, if is there still a question mark next to his designation or is he out for Sunday? Uh, he's, I think he's going to play. They, they made him questionable on the official injury report, but he practiced today. Kevin Stefanski says he feels good about him playing. Um, and I talked to David Njoku. It's the first time he's talked since then. Um, I wasn't the only one. There were a handful of us mm-hmm. that talked to Njoku in the locker room. Actually, I'm just finishing that story. So when I hang up from you guys, i got to okay. post it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, it's remarkable. You saw those pictures. Oh. I saw them after that Ravens game. And, you know, you knew it was serious, obviously. Yeah. But it is. It's startling when you see it for the first time, when you see the damage that was done. Um, but he's shown that he's a gamer. He's shown that he's tough that he wants to be out there. He feels like he can get out there for his teammates. And, you know, I said, well, you know, I said, why is that so important to you? And he said that this is nothing compared to, I don't know if nothing is the word, but he said the work that he puts in in the offseason, the pain that he goes through then um, is worse than what he's going through right now just because of all the work he puts in to be great. Now, I don't know if he's just saying that or not, but I think it's certainly significant that he's going to play he played two days afterward, and then he's going to play again two weeks after that when he's gone through some stuff since then, right, to try to make himself uh-huh. better. You know, I'm sure he's had some, whatever, medicine or mm-hmm. procedures or whatever, um, and he's going to be out there again and play Sunday. Scotty, I, I don't know if these burns, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, I don't know if it was designated as a first degree, second degree, or whatever, but we saw the face. Did it go to other parts of his body as well? It's on his hand and kind of his wrist area. Um, I don't know if it's both or one. I know I – and that's – you can – like I saw him today. I was, you know, right in front of him. And it's still bad. Like you still see the – whatever, the peeling and the scars. And um, so that, that was the main part. He kind of, When he played, he had his, like, wrist and forearm um, heavily bandaged when he played against the Ravens. Scotty. Did he at all spend any time explaining how it happened, or no? Did he just leave that out and, uh, and you know, explain uh, how he's battling through the recovery? He said, all he said was bonfire, and I think he used the word explosion. Um, he didn't want to get into it too much. He did say that his eyes were open, and oh, man. he's thankful that he's 
that he can see and that he's not blind because that's what he was worried about because he could see the explosion with his eyes open and he's worried that he would be blind. Wow. You got to wonder if maybe a piece of wood exploded and hit him. and ca- I don't know. It, it's Yeah, he, uh, he didn't you know, want to go like in super detail. Right. He just said bonfire, backyard, they're trying to just chill out on a Friday night. Yeah, because in this – not to compare it, but JT and I watched this TV show, Survivor. And many years ago, they, you know, one of the contestants was, you know, uh, lightheaded and everything and fell face first, arms first into a fire, right? So that's why when I, when I you know, finally saw these pictures, I was like, oh, my God. He's, lu- he's so lucky, uh, A, to, like you said, be able to see. And the fact that he played two days after and he's going to play again, uh, that's amazing. So God bless him, man, and we wish him a, a speedy recovery. Uh, Scotty Petrak, our guest, follow him on Twitter, at Scott Petrak. Check his stuff out on a daily basis at brownzone.com. And, and Scotty, I want to get to um, the, the coaching matchup here. Shanahan Stefanski. Shanahan was with the Browns. You covered, you know, right, 2014. Yep. Uh, and they were winning football games with him as the OC and Brian Hoyer as the quarterback, and then they forced him to go to Johnny Manziel, and then he wanted to get the hell out of here. Uh, and I guess OIC only in Cleveland, you had a head coach in waiting, and uh, you, you, you didn't sign him. You, you didn't get him to be the guy. How good is Shanahan right now, and how big of a, uh, a hurt is that that he was here and got away? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think he might be the best play caller in the game. I. Yeah, I know he's got a ton of talent, and John Lynch, the GM, deserves a bunch of credit for that, and Shanahan too. But the way he's getting stuff up, I mean, he's got guys running wide open, like, all the time. And, you know, we saw some of that here in 2014, like you mentioned, with less talent. Um, he, I think he's remarkable. I think he does. I think guys play hard for him. Um, you know, he's got this quarterback, this, you know, the last pick of the draft a year ago playing out of his mind, leading the league in passer rating, not throwing any interceptions. So I, I'm super impressed with Kyle Shanahan. I was in 2014. I remember writing a story. <laughs> it's stupid, the stuff you remember, right? I remember being right. on a plane flying somewhere. I don't know where the Browns were going to play, but it's Saturday. I'm writing my previous story, and it was about Shanahan and about how he was going to become a head coach because I felt that good about everything that he was doing. Plus, he's got the lineage, right? His dad was a Super Bowl head coach and all that. But you just knew it was coming. Um, so, yeah, when you look at it like that, I mean, obviously the Browns did not fire Mike Pettin that year. Um, but they did a year later, right? I think it was one year yep. later. Maybe it was two. And, um, you know, I don't think Shanahan had any interest in coming back. But he would be a good one. He is a good one. Scotty, yeah, any chance really is. the AFC North resembles the American League Central and nobody's going to run away with this division? Yeah, I think there's I think there's certainly a chance. Now, the Bengals bad start mm-hmm. created that opportunity, I think, for the rest of the teams. The Ravens losing that giving away that game last week to Pittsburgh keeps it bunched. Um, the fact that, you know, I think all the teams can beat up on each other, all that. Now I think this division is better than the baseball division. <laughs> um, I think there's some good teams. I think there's, you know, four quasi playoff caliber teams in this division. So, now, I would not rule out the Bengals going on a crazy run, but I think it's going to be difficult, right? Burrow is playing better, and he looks healthier, but you never know if the calf pops back up. You get a key injury here. It sets him back. They have a tough schedule. Um, You get up to a hard, you know, difficult start. It's tough to build as much momentum. You know, you lose a game or here, you know, a game here, a game there, and all of a sudden you have six losses, and you might not be able to afford a seventh. So, 
Um, I think it's going to stay tight the rest of the way, but I would still say if somebody's going to run away, it would be the Bengals. Yeah, I'm with you, Scotty, and I, I thought so much. I found them at good odds on one of my apps and put a few bucks down on them because right now uh, they're in the last place, right? But a, a lot can change. The Steelers have won two games they didn't deserve to win, uh, but they did, so give them credit. Uh, the Browns have lost the game. They shouldn't. So it's still up in the air. And I think, you know, we, we look at this team and we go, who are the Cleveland Browns? We have no idea yet, do we, Scotty? Yeah. Other than the defense is pretty good. Other than that, we have no idea who this team is, do we? Yeah, I think that's safe to say just because, you know, your quarterback's only played three games. And whether it was a factor in one, he played bad in the other, and then he had a great game. And then he hasn't played since. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that's completely fair to say. What I think you'll be able to tell out of this, you hope to be able to tell out of this Raven, or Raider 49ers game, whoever they're playing, is <laughs> that the defense really takes itself to another level, right? And that it plays, it can match up with the Niners. It can contain the Niners in that it plays like an elite unit that it had for the first three weeks, had that rough second quarter against the Ravens. I think there is the opportunity there for this defense to not that it hasn't established itself, but really solidify, hey, this is a top three defense in the league because we just took arguably the best defense in the league and held them to X number of points. Scotty, I I look at this team, right, and defensively, they're pretty healthy, right? So defensively, what did Jim Schwartz say was the problem in in the loss, um, you know, to the Ravens? Because they were pretty healthy, yeah, a couple of turnovers, obviously factored into that, or three turnovers. But what did he say was the problem uh, in giving up points against the Ravens? Yeah, missed tackles was the biggest. Um, he, he had them, the Ravens gaining 120 yards after missed tackles. Makes a big difference. Um, he also pointed out, and he said part of that's him. You know, he his scheme could have gotten guys closer to the Ravens' ball carries to make it an easier tackle, right, as opposed to being getting there late or being stretched out. Um, he also said... You know, he was most disappointed, Kenny, in the fact that they let a touchdown up after that first interception by DTR. And, yeah, it was a long return to the 10-yard line. But he thought it could have made a stand if it held him to a field goal. All of a sudden, momentum's different. It's a, you know, it changes things. And they let up a touchdown to Lamar Jackson on the first play. So when that happened, he thought it was kind of a letdown for the whole team. He was disappointed his defense didn't do better. He said it was um, somebody missed an assignment, which is why it was so easy for Lamar. Um, but I would say tackles. And then there were a couple, like, long conversions, second and long, third and long, where things broke down, whether the, the rush didn't get there, coverage didn't hold up, where Lamar made a couple of big plays that a lot enabled them to extend those two long drives. And that's what they had. They had two long drives, then the other two touchdowns came off of uh, short fields. Scotty, earlier today I read this. I can't believe I'm bringing this up, but it's got some traction earlier this morning. The website Score Mobile and David Woods writes an article, five trades he would like to see or could happen in the NFL. Is there any chance the Browns would make a move and try to bring in Derrick Henry from the Titans, who seemingly are giving up in Tennessee? Um, I don't think so. I mean, we had the same discussion with Jonathan Taylor, right, before mm-hmm. the bye. Um, Jonathan Taylor... You know, I think he's, I don't know if he's better than Derrick Henry. He's younger, for sure. I think he's more dynamic. Um, and I don't know, if, I mean, I don't know if the Titans are giving up. But even if they were, um, I, I think the Browns would have to see their run game struggle for 
a while longer, right? If three weeks from now they're still not able to run the ball, maybe you have a different discussion. Um, but I don't know how – and Derrick Henry's a specific kind of runner. I don't know how he fits with what the Browns are trying to do, assuming Deshaun Watson plays, you spread things out. Um, I, I'm not sure that's a great fit. Yeah, and I don't think it matters if your offensive line can't run block who you have back there. And that's, you know, what I'm looking at right now. And that's where I think first you need to see the improvement. And I saw Ford was on the injury list earlier in the week. Is Jerome Ford okay and will he start? Yeah, he's fine. Um, he was on, he was limited Wednesday, but he's a full participant Thursday, Friday. He's good to go. All right. I, I saw that with all the other injuries. It was like, holy cow, I add that to the, the, the walking right. wounded list. All right, Scotty. Oh, go ahead, JT. Well, I was just going to say, I think Nick Chubb makes that offensive line better than we give him credit for. Because uh, up until Batonio gets hurt, and obviously Jack Conklin, we thought he gets hurt all the time anyway, we always considered we had a great offensive line. There wasn't that many changes. Jed Wills, we don't think he's really evolving into an elite left tackle, but we still consider this as a good offensive line. Maybe it's not a good offensive line, and maybe you need a better or a great running back. I, I do think that Nick Chubb, you know, when we talk to players, they call him like the human eraser, right? He makes everybody look better. He makes the run call mm-hmm. look better. He makes the, or the, a bad call look better. He makes the missed block look better because he – makes a guy miss or breaks a tackle or runs away from a guy, whatever. Like there's, there's certainly truth to that. And I think that's a big factor in why the run game hasn't been the same the last two weeks. I also say they played two good fronts against the yeah. Titans in the, in the Ravens. Now the Niners have a really good front too. So I'm not saying this can be any easier. I do have confidence in the Browns ability, the coach's ability to have a good run scheme, right? I mean, that's what Stefanski does. That would, Mitchell, Bill Callahan, Alex Van Pelt, like that's what they've always done. And even without a Nick Chubb, they figured out ways to run the ball. So I, I think coming out of the bye, you'll see maybe a, a smaller package of runs, but the, the runs they feel most confident in. Um, I, I think, you know, it's tough without Petonio because he's, you know, one of your top three, four players. But I think the line will be better. I, you know, I, I think there's been some issues, but I don't know if. I don't think I would start, like, killing the line as far as a run-blocking line. I think they'll figure it out. Um, You know, I'd like to see Jerome Ford get more opportunities without guys hitting him in the backfield, see how that goes. Um, I think Kareem Hunt's going to have a bigger role. DeWan Jones needs to be better in the run game. Like, he's been fine in pass protection and maybe even better than fine in pass protection. I don't think he's been as good in the run game, and I'm sure that was a focus of the bye. So, I expect them to run the ball better, and I'm not saying maybe it, maybe it doesn't show up against the 49ers because it's a tough matchup, but I think they'll figure it out on the ground. Um, but it certainly is concerning given the last two games and given the injuries and the performance of the line to this point. All right, how do you see it? we got 30 seconds left, Scotty. How do you see it playing out on Sunday? Yeah, I, you know what? I think the defense is going to play well. I, I think there's an opportunity for the Niners to have a letdown. Big win on Sunday night. They've won like 15 in a row in the regular season travel across country they play a one o'clock game which is 10 o'clock in the morning i think it's gonna be close i think the defense might even get a touchdown um but i can't pick the browns with pj walker to beat the niners with all their talent and how they've been playing so i got niners 2017 scotty good stuff we appreciate the time the insight uh enjoy the game we'll talk to you next week thanks folks